When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, fellow Browns backers. Welcome to the Oracle Speaks. I am the Village Elliot. I want to speak about the Browns' next opponent, the Chicago Bears. The big, bad Chicago Bears. Man, it used to be a massive rivalry between the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears back in the old days before the leagues merged. There used to be Gale Sayers was the fantastic running back for the Chicago Bears and Jim Brown, Leroy Kelly for the Cleveland Browns. Man, it was really something. Um, Those days are long gone. Um, But... Nevertheless, it's still a little bit of a buzz when we get to play the Chicago Bears. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are, too. And I wanted to especially talk about Justin Fields for a couple reasons. One is that he's an Ohio State product. I am an Ohio State product, and most of you are probably Ohio State fans because it's the number one college team in Ohio. But um, I would like to particularly draw a parallel between the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns in the post-1999 days. They have a quarterback fixation in Chicago like nobody would believe. It's really kind of bad. They do the same stupid stuff that the Browns used to do. And um, let's just go look at the facts, shall we? By the way, If you like the music and wondering where it's coming from, it's from Freesound Music. This particular number is called Rollover Elton. It's no copyright, rock and roll, royalty-free. Contributions are purely voluntary. I do support them with modest contributions because I think it's a cool idea. And um, so that's why I give them free advertising on our show also. Awesome stuff. Love it. Thank you, Freesound Music. But okay, let's talk about football. Let's talk about Justin Fields. Let's talk about the history of the Chicago Bears. What they've been doing uh, is really subscribing to the Superman theory, where they keep on trading up in order to get some super player that they believe is going to save their team. Let's go back to 2017. And uh, this is the draft. Remember that the Browns were going to do something really stupid they were going to take a defensive lineman instead of the consensus best quarterback in the draft, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, no. Why would the Browns ever take somebody like Miles Garrett when they could have a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky? 
What a terrible idea. Oh, my gosh. But the Browns did it, and now we're stuck with Miles Garrett, whereas Mitchell Trubisky went to the Chicago Bears. Well, maybe this wasn't such a great trade uh, after all, great uh, uh, arrangement after all. The Bears wound up trading up to get Mitchell Trubisky. They had the number three pick, but Mitchell Trubisky was so great that they knew that he would go number two overall, so they traded their number three pick. They also added two round three picks, a round four, and a 2018 uh, round three pick for Mitch. And they wound up drafting that quarterback. And he actually, I think he's pretty good. He actually went to the Pro Bowl, people forget. But they depleted their, their draft capital so much that they couldn't build a team around him. Um, gosh. What a what a thought! And then they the next year. Let's see what they do next year. Remember, they've already traded a round three pick, um, diminishing their draft a little bit. Then they decide, okay, well we're going to trade uh, two round one picks uh, for Khalil Mack, a great pass rusher that they got from Oakland. And basically, Oakland at that time had gotten themselves into a salary cap bind, and they would not they were not able to signed Khalil Mack to an extension. It just wasn't possible within the cap constraints that they had. And so there's the Chicago Bears stepping up and trading two round picks. There was also some uh, day two and day three picks involved, but basically it was two round one picks for Khalil Mack. And they also signed him to the largest um, contract for a defensive lineman at that time. So they traded away two more first round picks for Khalil Mack. Then in 2021, okay, you know, by this time they lose faith in Mitchell Trubisky. You know, they spent all their draft capital on defense and lo and behold the offense didn't progress. Why is that? Well, it couldn't be because they didn't have players around Mitchell Trubisky. It must be Trubisky's fault that he got worse and worse after his rookie campaign. And so they wound up uh, getting rid of him. And instead, now in 2021, they decided to trade two first-round picks for Justin Fields. They also uh, added a round four and round five pick in order to get the lad. And, um, well, maybe that was a good idea. They, you know, again, moved up, but it's for a quarterback. And we all know that you can't win without a franchise quarterback. But here again, they've depleted their draft capital. And then last year, they changed their strategy a little bit, uh, which I think is actually in the long run is a good thing. But they had the first overall pick, and they decided, you know what, we're going to stick with Justin Fields another year. And maybe we don't even really like the number one pick. Uh, Bryce Young all that well and so we're going to trade away that pick to Carolina and they got receiver DJ Moore and they also got two round two picks for that Um, so they've they've added draft capital in the future but on the other hand they didn't really support Justin Fields um, by trading away their maximum uh, draft capital in 2023 yeah So the question is now, do they like Justin Fields or are they going to blow their new draft pick 
on a franchise quarterback. Because remember, Carolina is having a terrible season with their franchise quarterback, Bryce Young, guaranteed to be a franchise quarterback. Remember, he was first overall. All Cleveland fans know that the first overall pick is always a franchise quarterback. And, well, actually, maybe that's not true. Nevertheless, the Bears have the option of taking the number one quarterback in the draft, or they can stay with Justin Fields. What shall they do? I think Justin Fields is actually a pretty good quarterback. I think what the Bears have proved, is, just like the Cleveland Browns have done over the years, is that it is not just the quarterback. You can actually ruin a quarterback by putting him in the wrong situation, putting him in a situation where he learns bad habits, namely run for your life or get killed. Uh, if you surround that quarterback with bad offensive linemen and receivers that can't catch the ball, uh, a offensive strategy that doesn't work well, the quarterback doesn't recover from that. If they learn how to play bad football, that's what they play. If you teach a quarterback to play good football in a good system, they learn that. But if you teach them bad habits in a bad system, that's what they learn. And as you practice, that's the way you play. So the Browns countless times have spent lots and lots of draft capital to try to get a quarterback and then figuring that he should do it by himself without any help from the rest of the team. And then when they're disappointed in the results, then they get rid of that quarterback, blame it on him, and um, you know repeat the cycle. So they didn't like Mitch Trubisky after they didn't support him, didn't draft anybody else on offense, spent all of their resources on defense. You know, it's great that they drafted Mitch Trubisky, but if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback... You might as well follow that up by drafting offensive linemen and wide receivers. In fact, you ought to draft the offensive line first so that you don't get the guy killed. But having failed to do that, they decide that, well, Trubisky should be able to do that all by himself. Let's go trade our first-round draft pick for Khalil Mack, spend all that uh, draft capital and all the salary cap space on defense and not support the offense. That was the Bears' plan. It was a stupid plan. It's the same plan that was used in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, that's why Trubisky was guaranteed to fail. Now, he's with Pittsburgh on a, on a pretty terrible offense, and he's also not doing very well in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure that Trubisky isn't yet a viable NFL starter. I don't know that that he's a franchise quarterback. I don't believe that there are such things as franchise quarterbacks, frankly, unless you have actually a franchise behind him. But um, I think he could be an NFL starter. I really do think that still. Uh, but he's got to be in a good system. You can't just do it by yourself. I don't believe that quarterbacks miraculously change franchises by themselves unless they're Joe Burrow. And even Joe Burrow, let's face it, he's got... Uh, Jamar Chase, he's got T. Higgins, um, he's got plenty of supporting cast, and uh, it, it's not a one-man show, it just really is not, and you know, they've invested all that draft capital in the offensive line, and uh, you know, the Bengals have quite a bit of investment around Joe Burrow, it's not a one-man team.
nevertheless, uh, Joe Burrow is a transformational player. I don't believe that Mitch Trubisky is in that class at all, but I think he could start in the NFL and play reasonably well. Um, not his fault. Justin Fields can do everything. He didn't run at Ohio State really very much, but uh, in Chicago, nobody would catch the ball, so there was no other way to make first downs except for the quarterback to run as well as to throw. And so he became a running quarterback in the NFL, which is really kind of unusual. I think he's a very unusual athlete. Uh, he's done nothing wrong. Uh, and if you look at his stats, he's he's got uh, you know high ratings. He throws touchdown passes, not that many interceptions. He exercises good judgment. He does not have that much talent around him. But he has put together... Uh, you know, after a slow start this season, the offense has started to come around, and he's put together some 300-yard games. If you've got a quarterback that can throw for 300 yards against decent teams and do it on a consistent basis, I don't really see why you want to upgrade your quarterback position. Uh, a number one pick, first overall, is too valuable to spend on a quarterback when you're not sure exactly what you're going to get. And I don't know what you would get for Justin Fields if you wanted to trade him, uh, especially, you know, trading him when he's uh, due for his second contract, which is going to be expensive to the new team. He may not actually get you that much, but I think that the Bears ought to stay with him. I think he's a very good quarterback. Um, I, I just think about guys like Deshaun Kaiser, We'll never know what he could have been, but he went into the NFL with only two years of experience as a starting quarterback at Notre Dame and just was not ready for the pro game, and they launched him into the starting role in Cleveland with uh, very little support around him, and he just learned bad habits. He learned how to play bad football, and he became a bad quarterback, and I don't think there was any other way for him to get around it. The Browns have had quarterbacks like Colt McCoy, uh, who uh, struggled with Cleveland and that the Cleveland Browns were not a winning team, but he actually passed pretty well. And then as a backup quarterback, he's had a good career uh, afterwards. I think uh, all the effort that they spent uh, afterwards, uh, they didn't really upgrade the position. Um, was Brandon Whedon an improvement, drafting a number one draft pick to improve upon Colt McCoy? Was Brandon Whedon that much of an improvement? I don't think that he was. That one I really questioned because he was, um, oh, I think he was 40 years old when they drafted him, and he just missed too much t time in the development stage. He just never really developed as a quarterback because you need to have those years from age um, you know 18 to 22 learning how to play football you can't be out playing minor league baseball and expect to be good at football um, that was just very very tenuous logic now, there were um, quarterbacks that made the Pro Bowl after they left Cleveland Jeff Garcia comes to mind as a guy who was a Pro Bowl quarterback before he came to Cleveland, was terrible in Cleveland, and was a Pro Bowl quarterback 
when he left. Uh, how do you really explain that uh, other than, well, I think the Cleveland Browns team at that time was just not very good. And that's why he had uh, you know, bad statistics, even though he was a good player. And that's really, I think, what the Bears have been up to um, with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields can do everything. He can run. He can throw. I believe that he's accurate. And all the complaints that you hear about Justin Fields are based on the fact that he doesn't have an offensive line, doesn't have a running game. Um, he has a receiver now, um, but he only has really one uh, great threat at wide receiver. He does not have a complete team to work with. And as long as that happens, um, he's not going to, he's never going to be a top 10 quarterback with a, you know, bottom five offense. That doesn't make any sense, at least not to me. So, so um, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, but I think that the Chicago Bears are deserving of great respect. They've recently won three games out of four, and that hasn't happened for them in a long time. They won two in a row uh, for the first time in a long time. They beat their arch rival, the Detroit Lions. If they can beat the Detroit Lions, they can probably beat us too. I think they need to be considered a grade-A number one threat. That's not to say that the Browns cannot beat them. They're not unbeatable, certainly. But uh, they deserve... Uh, complete respect from the Browns. I'm sure that the coaching staff feels the same way and that they're going to have to game plan uh, for Justin Fields much the same way that they do with um, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Uh, with that, uh, I want to pause a few seconds. Well, for me to be a few seconds, for you to be a few minutes for some ads. Um, Johnny Cleveland and will supply commercials in order to keep the show running and thank everyone for their support. And I'll be back in just a few seconds. Okay, and we are back. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about the Cleveland Browns and why I think they do match up very well against the Chicago Bears. Uh, one of the key players on defense for the Browns is going to be uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Uh, the first thing I thought about when the Browns moved up to uh, draft him in the second round is uh, Lamar Jackson. I thought, man, this is the perfect guy that the Browns could have in order to handle a arch nemesis running threat at quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson presents unique challenges to any defense, especially when you can back it up with the uh, big fullback, uh, Patrick Ricard, who weighs 310 pounds or something, and they just have an awesome running game behind it. Um, and so Lamar Jackson is just really a dominant threat in the AFC North. Uh, what the Browns had done before JOK, um, they were using a linebacker to try to cover, or to spy backer, I guess would be the word, uh, Lamar Jackson. Joe Schobert 
assume that role. And Joe was a very good tackling machine, a very good tactical linebacker, but he did not have uh, anywhere near the raw speed that he needed in order to uh, control Lamar Jackson. Uh, Joe, I think, was something like a 4-6 or maybe even a 4-7 guy. And um, the, he was actually, I think, a defensive lineman in college, and the Browns moved him to a uh, pass-rushing uh, uh, linebacker. And um, that's who they used oftentimes to spy... Uh, Lamar Jackson, and that just wasn't going to happen. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was like uh, Joe, as good as he was, uh, was just like he was wearing uh, cement overshoes trying to keep up with Jackson. It just wasn't happening. Now with JOK, who is a 4-4 guy and about the same speed as uh, Jackson, or for that matter, Justin Fields, I think it's a very competitive match. I think I think the Browns have a great possibility to contain Fields uh, as a ad lib uh, running threat, a threat on the ground, and uh, I think that speaks well for their possibility of shutting down the running game. Uh, the Bears will be starting, I believe, uh, Roshan Johnson at running back, who only has a few hundred yards. He does have a four. Uh, like a 4.2, 4.3 yards per carry average, I believe, but he doesn't have a lot of uh, yardage uh, so far this season. So I think uh, from that basis, the Browns look like they should be able to stop the run, and the uh, Bears' chief threat on offense is D.J. Moore. That's the guy that they got from Carolina. Uh, in order that Carolina might draft Bryce Young. And plus, they also wind up getting the number one overall pick, presumably, uh, from Carolina next year. But, okay, so D.J. Moore is really the, the number one receiving threat, but that's really all that they've got. Um, Darnell Mooney has not had a great year uh, in the slot, and neither has Tyler Scott over at the other side at wide receiver. Uh, they do have some decent uh, options at tight end with uh, Cole Kemet, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he's he's put up some numbers and uh, has done well blocking at tight end, if you believe pro football focus, and I tend to believe it. Uh, and then they have uh, some talent on the offensive line. Uh, Teven Jenkins at guard is possibly uh, headed for a close to Pro Bowl season. I don't know if he'll actually make it or not. Um, but the you know the rest of the line is average to below average. So the Browns, once again, have the potential to present a mismatch on their defensive line. Um, even though Jordan Elliott is out, they'll probably replace him with uh, Maurice Hurst. And uh, Dalvin Tomlinson at uh, defensive tackle. And they still have Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. Uh, all those guys were productive uh, last week and led to the Browns' victory over Jacksonville. And I think that they'll probably have a good game against Chicago as well. Um, 
So I'm looking for the Browns to do well against Chicago. And uh, Justin Fields, if the Bears lose, will undoubtedly get blamed for the defeat. I don't think that it is Justin Fields' uh, fault when the Bears underperform. If you just look at who they've got around him, they've only got a few talented players on offense. And um, you know, there's just no reason to expect a quarterback to be able to succeed week in, week out under these conditions. They just don't have enough talent on offense. I think they're moving in the right direction. I think they were smart to move down in the draft last season, obtain some more picks for next year, and they really need to draft better, draft more people, and draft better. That's the opposite of the strategy they have been using since roughly 2017, where they keep on trading away their big draft picks in order to get you know, one right answer. But I'm here to tell you that uh, Mitchell Trubisky is not the reason why the Bears didn't make the Super Bowl. Uh, neither is Justin Fields. I think uh, Trubisky is not as good as Justin Fields. Justin Fields is good enough to be a top 10 NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to be top 10 on Sunday. But if they build a good team around him, he might get there at some point. Um, we always talk about the quarterback's development, but they really need to talk about the development of the team around the quarterback. And we have seen some of the pieces come together in Chicago, but not enough to really make the quarterback stand out. You know, we need to see well, where's the running game, where are the additional wide receivers, where are the, you know, like the Cincinnati Bengals, where's the guy that's like... Uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, uh, where are those guys? Uh, where are the, you know, the the uh, running back room? Is it full of running backs that can gain five yards per carry? I don't think that it is, but uh, we'll find out. They are dangerous as long as they have Justin Fields back there. He can sling it and he can run. He's being asked to be a one-man show for Chicago, which I don't think is fair. And um, he'll receive more blame than he should if, if the Bears do not prevail. But we'll see what happens. That's what I've got. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting game against the Bears. I hope you all watch. Take care. Have a great week, everybody, and God bless.